You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode two of the Toolstation Western League podcast with myself, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted. In fact, there's probably a word beyond delighted that would actually describe how I am at this particular moment in time to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League pod- podcast, where he rightfully belongs, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Long time no speak, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, good to be back and, uh, yeah, stuff to, stuff, to, stuff to chat about. It's great. We've actually got some football to talk about. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, it's probable that we'll, the virus will rear its ugly head in some way, shape or form. Um, but I don't know whether we should institute some form of swear box every time. I'm trying not to think about it, so... The fact that there was no postponements on the weekend was a, was a complete blessing. I didn't know how it was going to go down, but I didn't even hear any, any whispers of anything. So, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a promising start, isn't it? It is. It is. Yes, we've all, yes, well, I say we've all managed to avoid the pin, the pandemic. I don't think that's mm. quite the case. I mean, I certainly have. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and to be fair, I've actually kept the thing on my, on my phone. So, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more for me. But, um, <laughs> I mean, before we get into the running order for today's... Um, podcast it has been a very long time since we had the pleasure of having you on the podcast and um you know obviously you know we've we're going to have a lot of new listeners now because we've got a lot of new clubs and i'm sure we'll come and talk about that but there's also going to be a lot of people who've been listening for an awfully long time and that includes people who've you know clubs that have left the 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 western league and that's not just the recent sort of you know clubs that have have, have gone off and joined the hellenic league there you know that's his other clubs you know we had um, richard fay on and danny greaves during lockdown and they were talking about how they still love listening you know to the western league podcast so i mean uh, i i am going to sort of start by asking how are you and how have you been i think the listeners will you know we've missed you basically <laughs> um yeah not too bad it's obviously been a well Everyone knows it's been a weird time. It's obviously no, no different, no different to myself, you know. Having um, you know, you sort of get into obviously it's not, it's, a, it's not things like the bulletin don't just sort of visit themselves together. So you kind of get into a bit of a, a bit of a rhythm and a routine on on the weekend and look, look at your look at your score lines and your your goal scorers and you cobble something together for a few people that you know, a couple of people that do read it every week and what have you and. Um, Losing, losing football, yeah, took that away, didn't it? And um, yeah, it's been been different, but I think yeah, fingers crossed, we're yeah, yeah, over the worst. And as I say, it was a really promising start with no no call offs or anything. I, I, I must admit, I feared the worst, even though we are, you know, the new season and there's plenty to look forward to. So hopefully that can continue a bit longer than it did last time when we sort of came back. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, a bit longer. Um, well, I have missed I have missed having you on. Um, James Healy did a fantastic job mm. in your absence, but um, as as much as it was nice to talk about a variety of important issues, I think you know one of the reasons the podcast has been as successful as it has been is because we do love actually talking about the football, okay. and we have got an awful lot of football to be talking about. Now, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm so rusty, I've actually forgotten how we do this. <laughs> but um, so, listeners, uh, we have two um, manager interviews, um, one from the Premier Division, that's Mr. Dane Bunny, the manager of Salt united and also we'll be hearing from tom smith he is the manager of welton rovers in the first division um but we are going to kick off by um uh, reviewing some of the fixtures in the premier division and um and 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 for the first time in about nine months i actually don't have to do much work this is one of the reasons why i've enjoyed 
Um, <laughs> it's great to have you back because really you carry this show. And um, so, Tom, it's it's over to you now. We are going to we're going to kick off with mm -hmm. I mean, it is a mouthwatering clash between mm. two heavyweights, two titans yeah. of the this, yeah. very much so. And there was a monster crowd of three hundred and forty six that saw this one. It was Bridgewater United against Buckland Athletic, and it was a seven goal thriller. Yeah, well, as you say, you mentioned the crowd and everyone had been waiting as long as we had for, for some football to return. And that was, yeah, that was obvious in the uh, yeah in the attendance figure. And yeah, quite right. They were treated to a, a game and a half. I think I've put in the bulletin that it was, <laughs> might be a bit early to call a, a game in July a, a, an early uh, contender for game of the season, but oh, maybe not far from it. You never know. Uh, but it was eventually Buckland who ran out four free victors uh, away from home. So they start their season um, in, well, in amazing fashion for them. And, uh, yeah, they made a really good start. Fifteen minutes uh, in, they took the lead through Nathan, Nathan Cooper uh, before Harry Horton forced the ball home, uh, not long after, to, to get Bridgewater off, off the mark for the season. Uh, but it was Richard Groves. Um, he's obviously quite prolific for, for Buckland, or has been in the past, and he, he set them up uh, to, to go into the lead just before the break, uh, but Bridgewater managed to, to hit back um, in, yeah, in stoppage time at the end of the first half, um, and that was Jack Taylor, another man uh, who we know um, can find the back of the net pretty much at will. So um, that was quite prevalent over the weekend that you know players haven't lost their shooting boots over the last seven or eight months. Players we know know can score. They were they were back at it straight away. Uh, as I say, two all, and that was uh, yeah obviously game in the balance. Uh, but a couple of goals around the hour mark um, really took the took the game in uh, in, uh, in Buckland's favour, and they managed to hold on uh, to, to claim the three points despite a late late goal from Adnan Haroli. Uh, but it was uh, yeah, unfortunate defeat for, for Bridgewater. But I think they'll be you know happy to have played in a in a game like that and, and got their got their um, got the feels for the game back. And I think they'll be you know no points, but a, a, a decent enough start in front of goal for them. Just can't get over the size of that crowd. Fan mm -hmm. Really fantastic um, yeah. crowd yeah. there. Seven goals in that game, and there was eight in our next game. But <laughs> I think it would be it would be fair to say that this one was a little bit more one-sided, Tom. It was, and uh, a big welcome to, to Helston Athletic. Uh, a seven-one win. Um, well, I never know. They could do it every week, but uh, I doubt it will be that easy for them <laughs> most weeks. Um, but yeah, they really hit the ground running, didn't they, in, uh, in, in the last week? Uh, Matt. Maddie Buchan uh, with a with a hat trick, uh, and there was also a couple of goals for Kai Cornish, uh, but a bigger away win uh, for them to start their campaign away at Bridport. Yeah, seven one victory they were there. Yeah, a historic game for Helston there. So congratulations on not mm. only joining the Western League, but of course starting your campaign in style. Um, I think we have to um, say in in Bridport's um, sort of not so much defence, but I you know I I'd seen press reports earlier that they'd had a number of players out with the virus. And, yeah. um, you know, you mentioned at the top of the podcast that, you know, we didn't have any postponements. All credit to them for getting this game on. Mm. It must have been difficult for them. Um, they had a good crowd. And I, I just ask for that, you know, for their support to stick with them this season because they've done everybody a favour by getting that game on. And hopefully they'll get their players back and, uh, you know, and they'll find a bit more competitive form. Moving on to our next game, this is two sort of mainstays of the uh, of the Western League in recent seasons, uh, Cadbury Heath and Shepton Mallet, but it was another one-sided scoreline, Tom. Yeah, another a big win for an away team, and that was yeah, Shepton Mallet, 6-0 winners at Cadbury Heath, an almost, almost perfect start uh, to their campaign. Jack Fillingham uh, opened the scoring after just three minutes, so they really um, yeah, shot out the blocks, didn't they? And then he hit another one from the spot. 
after about 25 minutes or so uh, to put them two goals to the good. Uh, Aaron Stevia um, extended the lead to three before a known goal, uh, first half stoppage time. Uh, yeah, pretty much pretty much wrapped up the result, didn't it, by, by half time. That put, put Shepton four, four goals to the good. Uh, and then a couple more after half time from Joe Morgan and uh, David Wagula without response. Um, yeah, gave Shepton out the, the 6 0 win away at Cabri Heath. Now, our next feature match is another history-making match. It was Mousel's first um, uh, match in the Toolstation Western League. The opponents were Wellington. I I must confess, I had this down as a routine home win, but Wellington showed just that, you know, there's there's fight in the old dogs yet. Absolutely, and one man in particular, uh, Miles Quick. Um, Hatchet for him, uh, for, for the Wellington side. And, uh, yeah, he did a, well, did a lot of the heavy lifting for them to, to gain the first point. Uh, obviously, as well, probably unlucky not to not to to be on the winning side. Uh, and he twice put them ahead in the first half, but uh, Mousel did hit back on both occasions. Steve Burt uh, and then James Devine uh, leveling leveling twice uh, to make it to all at the break. Josh McGinn then gave them uh, the home side um, Mousel their first lead early in the second half. Uh, but then again, yeah, stoppage time, so it was a, a dramatic late equaliser. Uh, and again, from quick um, rescuing, rescuing Wellington and getting them a, a, a deserved point, I think. Have we got any idea when Wellington scored their first goal? Nope. I just wondered if they were quick off the mark, Tom. OK. <laughs> you, you've, waited, you've waited nine months for that. There we go. <laughs> Tumbleweed moment there. Right, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> to, um, um, we'll move on to Saltash against Tavistock now. Um, this is, you know, this is a local derby. 231 saw this uh, this game, and um, they wouldn't have been disappointed, would they, Tom? No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, pretty good start. Well, really good start for, for Saltash, isn't it? Uh, two 0 win over Tavistock. You had, yeah, had a really good good um, good campaign last time out uh, before the uh, before well before the Spanish hit, but it was uh, Saltash. Two goals and uh, a clean sheet as well for them, so a really good opener. Uh, the goals coming during during the second half from Callum O'Brien and then Scott Crocker, and uh, yeah, help them help them to the three points at the Kimberley Stadium. So uh, yeah, uh, promising signs from uh, Saltash. Well, of course, we know how well Tavistock have performed in the Western League over the last two interrupted seasons. Regular Western League watchers can only assume that you know Stuart Henderson's men will be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. So um, for new boy Saltash, albeit at home, to take on such a, a team with such pedigree, um, that was a really eye-catching result and the perfect opportunity for me to welcome a new manager to the Tool Station Western League podcast, Dane Bunny. We started reflecting on that 2-0 win against Tavistock, um, a, a result that must have surely delighted their manager. Yeah, hi, and um, yeah, really pleased. It was obviously a big game, quite a lot of local interest down this way as well. And and uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we used to go us in Tavistock used to used to regularly go head to head for league leagues and cups and things. So yeah, delighted with the win. I mean, it was a huge game to kick off your Western League campaign. Did you find that a help or a hindrance? I guess now in hindsight, it's a help because it's given us a real good bounce. Um, and I would have, the answer would have probably been different had the result not gone that way. Before the game, we, we didn't. I didn't really think about it. I think I think credit to everybody. They, we just got on with it, like you know. So it's um, you know credit to our boys. They don't ever worry about who they're really playing. We we, we just approach each game the same and and, and, and bank on ourselves. Uh, uh, doing what we need to do and coming out with a result, hopefully. 
Now, um, because you're a, an unknown quantity uh, in the Western League, it'd be very easy to start talking about Tavistock. Um, but actually, let, let's talk about your performance. I mean, were you happy with the way that you played on the day? Did you feel that you controlled the game and sort of saw it out in the way that you wanted to? Um, I think first half, both teams were, were quite nervous, actually. I think we, they were like, we were feeling each other out. Um, both sets of players looked quite um, nervous and didn't want to make a mistake. Um, however... We went in at half-time and said, look, we feel they've, they've given all they've got today. Um, and, and Stuart Henderson has is, 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 is gone on record himself and said his team's not had the best preparation for the season. Um, he, he described his team as undercooked um, for whatever reason, COVID pings and COVID cases and, and things like that, stuff he couldn't help. Um, but they, they didn't look like they could give any more, whereas we felt we had another gear or two to go up. Um, and... And, and that's exactly what happened in the second half. Um, actually, Tavi started quite strong in the first five minutes of the, of the second half. But I, I think once we rolled that out, and once we got one goal, there was only ever going to be one winner. Um, you mentioned Stuart Henderson there. I mean, uh, over the last couple of seasons, he's earned himself a lot of um, respect and plaudits in the in the Western League. I mean, when you look at, uh, I mean, you take Saturday's game aside, do, do you still expect Haverstock to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, it would be a, a very brave or stupid man to write Tavistock off. Um, they've got too many good players. Um, it's, it's that old cliche: you don't become a bad team overnight. And uh, yeah, hundred percent, they'll they'll be there. Now, in, in recent seasons, we have seen you know a small cluster of teams really sort of stretching away at the head of the Western League Premier Division. Um, but with the with the shake-up that we've had and with the sides that are coming into the league, the way that I look at it is that there could be as many as 10 teams um, sort of fighting out at the top of the table. I mean, is that the way that you see it? I guess so, Ian. I don't really know, if I'm honest. I mean, my, my knowledge of the league isn't going to be as, as detailed and, and everything as, as much as like yours and, and people that have been around the league for longer than me. You know, we've done our best in, in terms of trying to find out as much as possible about teams, but, but until you actually see them and play against them, you don't actually that much so I guess there could be I mean you know on, on, on paper there's some very strong teams there but football's not played on paper is it it's played on the grass so you know I'd like to think that um, you know Tavistock could be there and, and, and but then you know Bridgewater have a fancy they lost at home to, to Buckland on the weekend as well you know you know this it's a bit of an unknown quantity, I would say. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a perfectly reasonable position to take this early in the campaign. So let's let's look yeah. at let's look at Saltash then. I mean, what are your expectations for the side this season? All, we, all we've said is is we'll do everything we normally do. We we we've got a saying where we we try and be as professional as we can at our own standard, and and that's exactly what we're going to do and see where it takes us. We rate ourselves as a good side. The players, I said to the players before the game on Saturday, that you always say that they're as good as Tavistock, as good as Parkway, and, and, and Saturday was their chance to show it. And they did. And, and like they did last season when we played Western League uh, opposition in the FA Cup. And then we went and played some Southern League opposition in the FA Cup as well and beat a cup team too. So we'll just do what we do and see where it takes us in you know I'm not going to make any kind of um, rash predictions or anything like that but we're a good side and, and how good and how far we can go is, is the journey and the adventure that we're all excited to be on Well there are going to be many people listening to this interview of course who it's the first time they've heard from you and it's uh, the first time they, they will have sort of got to grips with, um, 
with with what your side is all about. So, I mean, are there, without wishing to give too much away, are there any players that um, you think will become um, regular sort of names in the uh, in the Western League Premier Division? Anybody we should be looking out for? We just signed a young striker from Plymouth Argyle. He's uh, he's just coming back from injury. He came on on Saturdays. He's got electric pace. Called Scott Crocker. Um, he's he's a very exciting prospect. He's only eighteen, nineteen. He he actually came off the bench and scored one of the goals on the weekend. And then and then just our our general lads who have been with us for a long time. What we've got in is we've we've got like some young lads in terms of age and who, who might be like twenty two, twenty three, but have all played like. 200 games for the club now we've got some lads in, in their in their peak years 27, 28 who have cleared 350 games for the club um, we've got a very loyal group of players and all those players I'm sure will become very well known the likes of Sam Farron in midfield Callum O'Brien in defence um, Sam Leary in defence Reese Thompson up front last summer Plymouth Parkway tried to sign him this summer Tavistock tried to sign him um, you know all these lads stay loyal to the club but I'm, I'm probably like their fourth or fifth manager you know and, and it's, um, it's it's really unique group of players really so in terms of uh, Saltash's journey to the Western League, I mean, we've all been through an awful lot in the past couple of seasons. And if we sort of cast our mind back a few months when, yeah. you know, the reorganisation of non-league was very much still up in the air. I mean, did you think you'd be playing Western League football this season? Not at all. No, I, I think we would have been if the season had been um, cancelled last season. I think we would have. I think we would have gone on to uh, to come in the top two for sure, hundred percent last season. You know, us and Bels and Mauser were just starting to find our legs in that division and, and, and kind of break away. But no, not at all, because you know, you just didn't know. That we've lived in such uncertain times. You don't know what's going on day to day. And in terms of football, when it got our last game was on Boxing Day, and, and when it got cancelled after that, you just couldn't see when we'd be playing football at all, let alone in, in the Western League. So, you know, when that news broke, it, it was quite quite a surreal couple of days, to be honest. I mean, I suppose that's looking backwards. Looking forwards, um, we've got the winter weather to come. And, you know, although the numbers are certainly going in the right direction when we look at the cases of the virus, um, we know that we're still living with that and probably will be for some time. I mean, how, do you, how are you feeling about this season? More optimistic that we're going to get to it than the end of last? Yeah, I, I, I'd like to think we'll finish this season as, as a normal season. You know, I, I think there's a real feeling of, of, of getting normality back now um, in society, not not just football. Um, so I'd like to think, I'm trying to say, trying to think positive and, and, and that we'll finish the season. And, and, and like you say, numbers are going in the right direction at the moment. But as we've seen, they, they, they do have spells of going up and down. So hopefully the, the, the current trend and, and this time the vaccine will, will uh, as, as the younger, younger guys uh, and girls get vaccinated fully um we'll, we'll, we'll keep numbers down to a manageable level well let's get back to the football um it's helston away on wednesday then it's millbrook on saturday in the fa cup i mean has it helped your preparations for for those games in that you know that the opposition will be somewhat familiar to you it doesn't really matter i mean we, like i said we'll play anybody I mean, the Helston one has got a little bit around it because it's the game everybody in Cornwall's wanted to see for a couple of years. I think we've really moved past Helston being rivals. I mean, they—they, they, I think they were like 11th or 12th last season when the when the when the league got stopped. Um, so I think we've we've kind of moved past past Helston as rivals as such. The, the season before last, we it was us and them going for the league. Um, but like I said, they they dropped off the pace a little bit last year. So. 
are they our rivals now? I don't know. Um, but you know, I mean, they're they're, they're trying to build it, build it up to, to probably be something it's not. Um, Millbrook is uh, a club well known to us. Actually, Millbrook, we played in the Southwest Peninsula League Cup. Was our last game before the first wave of COVID. Um, in the quarterfinal, and they actually beat us down at Millbrook. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit um, ironic that we're playing them in our first cup competition this season. And they'll both be very, very tough games. They'll both be very tough games. So, but, but I'd rather be playing those tough games than, than knowing you're going to wake up, knowing when you wake up that you're going to win that day. It's just a matter of how many, which is what you get, really, in the Peninsula League. Now, of course, those are the familiar opposition. Um, but part of your journey into the Western League is about taking on unfamiliar opposition, and there'll be many fans from around the league listening to this. It's the first time, obviously, they've had a chance to, to listen to you on the podcast. So I, I, I want you to sell for me now a Saturday afternoon in Saltash. Um, what can we expect? What sort of greeting can we expect? And, 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 and what's, what's the Saltash set-up all about? Um, it's a lovely club. You know, it's my seventh season there now, and I wouldn't stay there if it if it wasn't a nice environment to watch football. Lovely setting, really friendly people. Uh, they go out of their way to welcome new and regular kind of fans and customers. Um, you know, really friendly place, safe as well. My my, um, my son comes to the games. He's eight. And, and from the moment we get there to the moment I go home, I, I hardly see him because he's just off behind the dugouts playing football with his with his other mates that are there as well. So it's just a nice, safe family environment. It's, it's, a, it's a really nice place. Well, that's really pleasing to hear because I, I know regular listeners to the podcast will know that I do like to go and watch football with my, with my two girls. And, um, you know, that's one of the big things I love about non-league football and the Western League as well. You know, very much a family-friendly environment. So that's that's really pleasing to, to hear. Now, I, yeah. I, I've got to get on the phone to Mrs Knockholds now to, to book us a, <laughs> our family holiday um, and Daniel Neck of the Woods so I can take in a game. But just before I let you go, um, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. This is a question I like to ask all of the managers that I speak to. Um, the first time on the podcast, and um, okay. uh, and you've alluded to it already uh, in a couple of things that you've said, but I, I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your footballing journey to the Saltash dugout. I started. I, I finished playing football quite early when I was twenty six, um, and 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 I took over. I actually took over at Millbrook, um, but at the time, you know, I was very young to to be a manager at twenty six, and and Millbrook weren't the same club as they are now. They were they were in a bit of a state, and and we had. We had no resources, no money. They couldn't even pay us for fuel, um, and, and I had no players. So I had to put together a team. We came bottom of the Peninsula West, it was then. We came bottom of that. I think we came third bottom the second season. And then I went up to Ottery St. Mary and, and did a season there and, and, and came in the bottom half and, and, and I did a little few months with Colombton. So bounced around a little bit when I was younger. And, and then... Um, my cousin is uh, Matthew Cusack, who is at Parkway, um, and he obviously was at Salt Ash before Parkway, and, and me and him did it for five years. Uh, we joined the club in 2015. Matt was a player at Salt Ash, and, and he asked if I could help him out because Matt was very new to management, coming just retiring from football, and, and I'd, al- I'd already done it, albeit at a slightly lower level so me and Matt ran it for with Matt as the number one for five years um, and then when Matt went to Parkway I, I took over the manager's job so that's that's how, that's how we've ended up where we are so 
It's been, a, it's been quite an interesting journey. Excellent. Dane, thank you so much for taking the time um, to speak to us um, on the podcast. Um, we, you know, we, we try and get all the managers on at least twice a season, so it would be really good to catch up with you later to see how your Western League adventure is panning out. Yeah, that's great. Anytime, Ian. Thanks a lot. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now, moving into the first division, uh, our first feature match again is an, uh, includes a new team to the um, uh, to the to the Tool Station Western League, Titherington Rocks. They they went to the uh, the Theatre of Cheese, of course, a notoriously um, difficult place to go. And well, did Titherington live up to their name, Tom? <laughs> They picked up the three points, that's for sure. Uh, really, yeah, as we know, impressive. Not many teams do go to Chedron when you at the last couple of seasons, do they? So uh, to, for them to start start like that is a is a yeah really promising promising signs for for the away side. And a two one win. Uh, both goals coming from Daily Bacon, pardon me. Both goals coming from Daily Croon, um, helping them uh, fight off a late challenge. I think Cheddar scored in the last ten minutes or so, but they weren't quite able to force any equaliser. So it was the the Rocks who uh, yeah. Pick that three points. Splendid. Now, another new side to the Western League this season, but not in recent history, is Gillingham Town. Um, their latest stint in the Western League began with a home game against Portishead Town, and the visitors were in very, very good form, Tom. Yeah, they were. Um, starting starting like a house on fire, really. A 3 0 win uh, where at Gillingham, and it was uh, Dan Parslow, who was uh, yeah, their men man and on Saturday afternoon. Two goals for him. Uh, 3 0 uh, triumph, and uh, yeah, they'll be, uh, well, they'll be more than happy with, with how things have started uh, as they look to, to yeah, press on this season. Now, um, next, we talk about your team, Tom, Odd Down. And of course, um, they were due to start the, um, the Western League uh, in the Premier Division. They opted for voluntary relegation down to the, uh, to the First Division. And of course, that raised a number of questions about exactly how strong a side. Um, they might um, they might field in the first division. Well, the first team to um, find out was Welton Rovers, near neighbours of Odd Down, and uh, it was a close run affair. Tom, it was uh, a late winner. Uh, eventually turned uh, turned the game in in Welton's favour. They did run out two one victors uh, in Bath, but it was yeah, yeah it was a it was a, a close fought thing. Uh, Jake Slocum had put the Green Army in front, uh, but Odd Down managed to, to draw level five minutes after the break. That was a penalty uh, converted by Luke Bryan. So they were, yeah, they were on for a point, which would have been a, you know, a decent start with everything that's gone on um, and recently. But it was, it was well, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, Rod Down came away with the points. Uh, Chris Pyle uh, scoring in the last couple of minutes or so, and uh, yeah, handing Odd Down an opening day defeat, unfortunately. Well, that win against Odd Down was a perfect opportunity to, for me to pick up with a manager who had performed so well. Um, in the uh, in the curtailed season that we've we've just had, Tom Smith, of course, Welton Rovers did ever so well, and it was very interesting to see how they would um, how they would perform in this new season. So an opening day win with a late winner, does that bode well for this season? Yeah, it does. I think, I think it's very similar to the start we had last year. To be honest, we had a starting counter at Port's head last year. 
ended up getting a late winner and it ended up driving our season on really I think to be honest our, our performance on Saturday was more convincing it's a really good old time team to be fair they've Nick Beaverstock's done a, done a good job to put a really good strong team there so it was um, yeah it was good it was a really good performance we played exceptionally well and yeah hopefully it will boost us on and we'll go on and have a, a great start to the season hopefully now, going into Saturday's game, I know you'd had a very good pre-season, but that doesn't always count for anything when we actually get into league action. I mean, were you happy with the preparations going into Saturday's game? I was happy with the short-term preparation. I think myself and Will knew where the squad was, knew where individuals were. Um, there was still a couple that had a very bit part pre-season. You know, a lot thanks to COVID, a lot thanks to, you know, other things, holidays, being able to, people being able to go back on holidays and things like that. So, yeah, it was a little bit bit part, but um, we were happy individually with where we were. Uh, like you said, we had a very good pre-season. Um, we won every game, but, uh, you know, last season we, we didn't win a single one and then went on to be unbeaten for, for 10. So, no, it isn't, it isn't a true reflection pre-season, but we are very happy with Now, you mentioned your good form of last season, um, and I think a lot of people, will that will put you on the radar this season. Does that worry you? No, not at all. I think, I think a club like Welton, I know the, the infrastructure we've got and the hardware that goes on behind the scenes with Gareth and Dave and Malcolm and, and everyone else there, I think we deserve to be a team that's competing in this league. I, I think, personally, um, we're a club that should be sustainable in the Prem. playing side then, do you think your side is stronger this season than last season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we lost a, we lost a couple of, um, of, of really really big players for us. Um, it's great, really, because they've gone up to play a higher level, um, which is fantastic. And I think when you're at the top, that, that does tend to happen. But when me and Will came into it, you know, we're doing it for the love of the game and we want people, if they're, if they're playing well, to, to push on and play at a higher level. But yeah, in answer to your question, the, the, the people we brought in, the replacements, if you like, um, are, are fantastic. And, and I feel that our squad, it, uh, on a whole, is in a, is in a stronger place than we were last year, yes. So going back to Saturday's game, you were up against a familiar foe in your former manager, Nick Beaverstock. Now, I know that Nick is very well thought of at Welton, so did that add an extra spice to Saturday's game? Maybe for myself, personally, a little bit, yes. Um, but to be honest with you, the second that was the one, it was, it was all focused on our team, focused on how to win the game. Um, it's always nice to see Nick again. As you said, Nick was my manager for, for many a year. So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a surreal experience to be in the dugout 10 yards from him, but um, it was something I really, really enjoyed, and hopefully I get to do quite a few more times. Now, the funny thing about Saturday's game is that obviously that was the start of your league campaign, um, but you actually had a little bit more pre-season action on the Sunday, didn't you? You were finishing off your pre-season preparation programmes and you did it with a cup win. 
We did, yes. So we had um, we we were injured in the 50th anniversary of the Fry's Cup. Uh, the Fry's Cup for anyone that was around Bristol and, and and close to that area, it's been a cup that's been going for many years. It was a very 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 prestigious, prestigious cup at one point tournament, if you like. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was really good, and it gave us an opportunity, you know, to have a look at some of the players that are trying to force their way into the squad, some trying to force their way into the starting eleven. Um, and, and I said to the boys at the start of preseason, once once we got accepted into the cup, or once we got invited into the cup, it'd be great to try and get some silverware before the start of the season. As it turns out, it was the day after the first game, but that's irrelevant now. We it was a really good day out for the club. Um, played against a really good men that brought Walkside in the final. Um, and yeah, it was a great day out, and it was good for the players to get that winning feeling. Um, and hopefully, practice lifting some silverware for whenever that does happen. Well, looking ahead to the rest of the season, the, the last time we smoked, obviously, COVID was the was the sort of the you know the, the spectre at the feast, and, um, and and we never really got last season to talk about the weather. I mean, when you look ahead at where we are today, what are your big concerns about about this current season? Well, I think the primary concern for everyone, like we said, is, is, is the COVID. Hopefully that stays away. Um, to be honest with the weather, you know, I've, I've been involved with Western League football for a long time now, 12, 13 years. And although there's been a couple of extended seasons, usually we can work our way around it. So I, I hope the weather doesn't play too big a part. Um, I was listening to the, the Fisher Secretary on your podcast last week, I believe, um, and you said about trying to organise games when... You know, if there's a game called off one week, try and fill up an empty slot you've got. So I think, you know, I think the league are pretty hot on it this year. And, and, and I think it is going to be an unusual situation. There's going to be people fulfilling last minute fixtures and there's going to be last minute changes. But I think all clubs and everyone involved have to do that bit to try and try and make sure the season's completed. Because a lot of time and a lot of effort goes in from everyone involved. Um, and it would be nice to uh, have a season that we can actually reflect on without it being null and void or... Or ended early, if you like. Yes, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that one. I mean, one final question. If we look at your fixtures um, coming up, you've got Longwell Green at home uh, in the week, and then it's Bishop's Lydiard on Saturday. Now, um, it's very early in the season. We don't know, uh, obviously, the, 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 a great deal about the strength of a lot of sides yet. We haven't really got much of a form book to, uh, to work from in the First Division. And I think you're right when you say traditionally... You know, anybody's been able to beat anybody in the Toolstation Western League First Division. But, I mean, given your aspirations to be um, towards the top of the table, shall we say, I mean, are you looking at both of these matches as ones where you should be taking points? Definitely. I don't think we look at every match like that, but I do think it's hard to, it's hard to evaluate which teams you definitely shouldn't be dropping points to and which teams you should be definitely beating at this stage of the season. Like you said, so many new names, so many new faces at each club. I think, you know, in a month's time, everyone will have a slightly better idea of where everyone is. Um, we try and do our best, you know, try and do our research to find out, um, you know, who's got who and what's the best way to beat them, as I'm sure every sports station Western League manager does. Um, but at the minute, it's just about turning up. And, you know, we believe that if we turn up in, in the right frame of mind and, and give the performances we know we can, um, you know, there's no one that we fear in the league. And, you know, we respect all, but we don't fear any of them. And, and yeah, we're, we're looking forward to hopefully having a really good season. I mean, from a manager's point of view, does that mean that these sort of early months, certainly the early weeks of the season, you really set up your team around your own strengths rather than having the opportunity to go and watch other sides and perhaps assess how they play and assess how you might beat them? Yeah, definitely. I think it's important that you build a squad that's 
uh, versatile and a squad that can play in you know different formations against different teams and different opponent uh, different opponents. But yeah, like like you said, Ian, you you got built a squad that you're happy with and a squad that you feel like that can compete all around the park. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that's what you've got to do to be honest in the first few weeks. And then, like you said, as you get to go and watch games, you can you can slightly tweak things and tweak things against different oppositions to, to try and give yourself the advantage. I mean, did you have a feel when you had a look down the fixture list this season, which sides would be there or thereabouts? Of, you know, is there anybody you think we should be keeping our eye on? I think it's a pretty open board. I think you know, with with Horsham, Carl, Blackwell, or you know, all, all moving up out of our league, I think it opens the door for many a club. And we spoke early last season, and, and I think I said to you, I think there's 16 clubs that could that could compete. I don't think it's a lot different this year. I think it's a little bit more difficult with you know newcomers coming into the league. AEK Boko, I think they're exciting. Get a good following. Tithers and Rock's got a great result away at Shadow for the first day of the season. Um, and then you've got the likes of Warminster and Camden, Wells, Radstock that are always you know they're always competing near the top. And I think I think it's going to make it a really really exciting season this year. And my thanks to Tom for his time. Now, moving on to a fixture that has a real tool station Western League feel about it. Sherbourne Town, of course, we know that our social media manager, James Healy, is a is a big supporter uh, of, of, of Sherbourne, of the Zebras and of Heng- Hengrove Athletic, the, um, the very popular secretary at Hengrove, Martin McConaughey, of course. And um, James and Martin go way back way back to their time at, at Yeovil Town. Uh, so this was a game we featured on last week's podcast. Uh, who had the bragging rights, Tom? Uh, it was most definitely the home side in Sherborne. Uh, a 6-1 win. Uh, win for them. Um, excellent start of the season. So they're the early pace setters in, in the first division. Yeah, putting six past the pretty underpar Hengrove, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, they really did shoot out the blocks, leading by two goals uh, inside the opening five minutes. So, uh, yeah, really, really quick five start to their campaign. George Mapletop and Alex Murphy uh, scoring those two. So, yeah, putting two goals were good in no time at all. Um, Hengrove did manage to, to grab a lifeline uh, after half an hour or so, and that was from debutant uh, Jude McCarthy. Uh, but, yeah, Sherbourne really really pushed on from there. Uh, Steve Burton's looping header, um, the first of their four second-half goals. Uh, Henry Lawrence Napier, uh, he made it 4-1. And then Ollie Hebbard and Tom Beeson also uh, getting on the score sheet. So, uh, yeah, uh, fantastic start for Sherbourne, as I say, early. I don't like looking at league tables, obviously, this early, but, um, yeah, they are. They're, they're leading the way as, as, as things go at the moment. And uh, one last game in the first division that we'll cover on this episode of the podcast, Wincanton Town, a team um, we know that have been competing very well in recent seasons against Longwell Green Sports, blown a little bit hot and cold of, uh, of late. But um, I suppose the only question I can really ask you, Tom, is were Wincanton at the races? Hmm. They were in the early stages. Well, both teams were. Uh, in fact, it was uh, it was two all after just 16 minutes. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty whirlwind start to this one. Uh, I think it was um, yeah an early goal uh, from Tom Richardson after just two minutes. Uh, Longwell uh, for for Wincanton, so they did make a, a fantastic start to say. But Longwell Green managed to to score twice in quick succession through Josh James and Louis Ward uh, to make it 2-1. Not soon after, really. I think inside 10 minutes or so. Uh, but uh, Toby Dalton Cole, he's always uh, good for goals and for, for Wincanton. He managed to pick up where he left off. Um, he managed to, to, to grab the equaliser, as I say, in the 16th minute. So, yeah, four goals in 16 minutes. Don't think it was ever going to keep up at that pace. And, uh, yeah, it didn't. But it was 
uh, a, a winner uh, from Toby Watson uh, for, for Longwell Green. Um, so they came out on top in, 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 in the five goals. Um, so a, a good start for them. And I think Cole was sent off during the second half, so that might be a bit difficult for some camping to cope with for, for however long he's missing. But that's a disappointing start for them, I guess, on the, the overall front. But yeah, an exciting game down in Wincanton on Saturday. Certainly a long way to go yet, isn't there? Mm. So um, mm. one defeat does not a bad season make. Um, and I think we should give a notable mention to Olden Abertonians against AEK Bocco. No goals to talk about, Tom, but 209. That's in the first mm-hmm. division. And, of course, AEK Bocco, a new side, albeit the away side, but a new side um, to join the Western League. So, I mean, that is a fantastic attendance. And, um, you know, great to see so many people enjoying their Western League football. Absolutely. Get out there and, yeah, get amongst it. Excellent stuff. Now, um, uh, as we draw to the conclusion of this episode, um, we will look ahead, not so much to the fixtures that are going to be midweek, because um, I, I suspect that many people listening to this episode of the podcast, these games will already have taken place. But we will look ahead to Saturday, the 7th of August. And um, many of our big sides are in FA Cup extra preliminary round action. Uh, and um, there are some tasty ties in that competition. I see Tavistock are away at AFC St. Austell. Um, St. Austell could easily be a side that um, um, is uh, is joining us in the uh, in the Western League soon, so that would be interesting to see how they get on. Buckland Athletic take on Exmouth in, a, in an all-Western League affair, so um, um, that would be interesting to see how those two big hitters get on with each other. Talking of big hitters, we've got Millbrook against Saltash, of course. Two sides who haven't even met in Western League action yet. They meet in the FA Cup. Um, and another um, West Country feel um, uh, for Mausall against Helston Athletic. I'm sure that would be a, uh, an, interesting, uh, an interesting tie. And um, I'm going to give a notable mention as well to Canesham Town, who make the not inconsiderable trip in this season's FA Cup to Tring Athletic, would you believe? So um, um, good luck to uh, to uh, uh, Canesham and, uh, and all their travelling fans. I hope they have a great day out uh, at Tring. Uh, but we'll move into the first division, Tom. And um, do you want to do you want to tell us what your pick of the pick of the weekend's fixtures is? I did jump for a fixture from the, uh, the first division, and that was uh, Warminster Radford. Uh, two. Two victors on the opening day. I don't think we discussed uh, either of their games just, just back then in the roundup. But uh, yeah, both picked up three points. Uh, so they'll be happy with, with how they started. And I think yeah, two teams that I don't know, especially especially bad start, you'd expect to, to finish higher up. Um, yeah, than the others in the table and almost always good for good for a result, especially at home. I think they've got a pretty decent record on on their home patch. So yeah, pretty pretty tasty. Um, yeah, early season fixture. I think. Yeah, they never disappoint those matches. Normally, I um, I do get along to that. It's a bit of the the old Andy Crabtree derby, that, because mm-hmm. um, Andy Crabtree, of course, current manager of Warminster Town, has managed uh, Radstock Town in the past, and it's a game that I, I enjoy getting along to, but I won't be there oh. because um, I will be at Devizes Town. There we go. Who, uh, who, take on, who take on Sherbourne Town. Of course, they've... Um, we talked about their impressive win at the uh, the weekend, so I, I, I don't know I don't know what I'm in for, but I've got a renewed mm-hmm. sense of optimism with this uh, with this new look devices side. So um, you know it's early doors in the season. We can all be filled with optimism, can't we? Um, that um, we're going to have a, a not only an enjoyable uh, but a successful season. So um, that's where that's where I shall be on uh, on Saturday. Tom, um, I, 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 I used to say 
uh, as always, we have been reviewing your bulletin. But for mm. the first time in an incredibly long time, we have been reviewing your bulletin. So given <laughs> that there will be many new listeners to this podcast, um, can you tell the listeners where they can find this excellent edition of the bulletin? I think uh, the best place is probably to go to the, the official Toolstation League website and about halfway down the homepage as a... There's a special tab, and uh, that takes you to the latest edition. I think you can uh, yeah, download it in PDF and Word, which is, um, yeah, so plenty of choices of where to, to review what the, the recent going on uh, in, in the Western League. Excellent, Tom. Thank you so much for your time, and Welcome. thank you so much for the work you do on the bulletin as well. It's great to see that publication um, back with us, and um, it, yeah. it really is. It really is great having you, uh, having you back. So um, from Tom and myself, you have been listening to the Toolstation Western League Podcast. <laughs>